Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank You oh so much for the many, many things You've already poured upon us and blessed us with throughout this whole day. And now the blessed opportunity once again to get back into Your Word. Help us now as we do that. As we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Shine as lights in the world. We got to know and understand that when we become born again Christian, Jesus Christ dwells us with the Holy Ghost and the light of Jesus Christ can shine through us into the world. It's not our light, but it is the light of Jesus Christ that he allows us to be a conduit. It's like a pipe to flow through us and be able to shine it into the world. Don't have the attitude that some have and I myself have had in the past to sit down and just like, I've got mine, you get yours attitude. No, we're supposed to share. We have become stewards. We have actually become ambassadors of God when we become a born-again Christian. Therefore, we need to share what the Lord has given us, and that is the love and that light of Jesus Christ. And that light shines into the darkness. Mankind wants to stay in the dark so they can keep in their sins and their sins not be revealed. But mankind in general, we can have an attitude that mankind in general is good and loving. But that would be incorrect because the Lord tells us over and over. Like he told us over in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 5, God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. That's why he judged this entire planet with the worldwide flood. Killed every man, woman, and child on the planet except those eight that came upon the ark and were saved because of sin. There's another time of judgments coming. Therefore, we have a responsibility to reach as many as we can because we know things are bad. We know things are evil. The Lord told us this over and over. Like over in Mark chapter 7, the Lord Jesus, while he was here teaching the disciples and the other followers around him in Mark chapter 7 and verse 21, he reads, For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. That's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with that kind of attitude in the world. We clearly see that on display around the world. In the United States, I have some records here from 21. In the United States, there was a lot of murders. And for instance, Biden, in that year, there was 1,035 murders recorded. That's recorded. And by, let's see, by knives, it was 89 or 88,000, almost 89,000. By guns, almost 82,000. By blunt objects, almost 54,000. And on other objects, it was like 461. So there's a lot of murders in 2021. It's worse than 22 and 23, but it's been horrible actions and behaviors going on even in this locality here. And we've seen an increase in assaults and murders. And you need to look at some of the other ways that 
mankind is displaying their evil heart and their evil ways, such as abortions. In the United States, 65 million since 1973 abortions. Those are the recorded ones. Worldwide, since 1980, there's 1.7 billion babies been murdered through abortion. Horrible things going on. And then in recent news, this conflict over in Israel, on the 7th of October, the Palestinian Islamist groups, the Hamas, launched the biggest attack on Israel in years, killing and wounding hundreds in a surprise attack that combined gunmen and crossing over into Israel with a barrage of rockets fired from Gaza, taking people captive and horribly torturing and killing them on film, broadcasting that live on internet and so forth. Horrible atrocities. We've got to wonder, why is the Lord waiting? Why hasn't He done something to stop all this like He did with the great worldwide flood? We know that He is patient. We know that He is loving. He cares for mankind. And He's patiently awaiting. Like it says in Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but His long-suffering to us were not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's why He's holding out. That's why He's waiting. It bothers Him that this is going on, sure. You don't like it, sure. But we know that it's nothing new. Over in Jeremiah chapter 17, in verse 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? This is the heart of man. I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. We can take comfort in that. The Lord is going to take care of the judgment. We don't have to worry about judgment. The Lord's going to take care of judgment. He's going to see to it that they get what's coming to them, whether it be blessings and rewards and a glorious body, or whether it be horrible treatment and torture in the lake of fire for eternity. According to their works, what have they done? And we know that, as it says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And we're cautioned not to look down at others, not to think that we can determine ourselves, someone else, whether they are, as it says in Romans chapter 1, reprobate or not. We can look out. We can see the behaviors of man. Like it says in Romans chapter 1, verse 28, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Reprobate mind. That means a mind that the Lord is no longer reaching out to. When the Lord gets a person to the point where He backs off from them, He abandons them basically. Okay, you wanted it. There it is. You can wallow in your sins. God gave them up. We see that over and over in here where God gave them up. It's like it reached to a point where God said, that's it. I've had enough. I'm closing the door for you. Just like that door closed in that ark. 
being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. They love it when they get more to come in and join them. That's why we see this movement of these so-called transgenders, these counterfeits going into the schools trying to reach the children. That's why we see so much of the indoctrination to the children in the public schools. Not only public schools, but mostly in the public schools. Trying to twist their minds, make them become perverts also, so that the older perverts can feel comfortable and more accepted in their behavior. They love it when they get more to come into that. But there's a caution in chapter 2. Therefore, thou art inexcusable, old man. This is talking to the Christians. You're inexcusable. We are all inexcusable. Whosoever thou art that judgest. Now, this judging is talking about condemning. If we look at someone and we look at their behavior, their lifestyle, their appearance, and we think, oh, they're going to hell. We're condemning them. Oh, you're just evil. You need to go to hell. Then we have violated. We have judged in a way we're not supposed to judge. He tells us in here to evaluate in the form of judgment, look at someone, evaluate them. Are they Christian or are they not? We can clearly see that by their fruits. He tells us that. So when we see someone who is not bearing the fruits of a Christian, then we know we have an opportunity to reach out to them, even if they are reprobate, because we cannot determine if they are reprobate. That's only for the Lord to determine. I'm always cautioning people to do that, is to be very careful when it comes time to look at someone and evaluate them. Don't condemn them. Say, okay, there's someone that needs my help. There's someone that I can reach. And then you evaluate them. If that's a Christian, well, okay, they're welcome in as a brother and sister. But then we got to be careful about that judging. As he clearly says, Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest. For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest doest the same things. Are you doing the same exact behaviors as those that you are condemning and judging? Maybe not, but if you're judging them and condemning them, then you are sinning, therefore it's the same thing. It's a sin. Whichever sin it is, it doesn't matter, it's a sin. So don't be sinning. And in verse 2, but we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. The judgment is in His hands, not our hands. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them which do such things, and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? We've got to be thankful for the fact that we have been forgiven, that we recognize that we have all sinned and come short and came to the Lord and asked for forgiveness. In 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4, in this evil attitude, knowing that everybody has sinned and come short of the glory of God, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them. They are blinded by the God of this world, identified in book of Roman, I mean, excuse me, of Corinthians here by Paul, and he's speaking of Satan, the God of this world. And he has blinded their eyes. And many have had this bag pulled down over their head, and many of them are holding that bag. They want to stay blinded because they enjoy the sin. They want to stay in that sin. They don't go into the light. That's many of them that are out there. 
in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine upon them. They don't want to see it. They keep it down. God has shined the light on them, but yet they reject the light. They turn against the light. So where does it leave us as Christians? We know that there's evil. We know that there's a lot of hardship. We've just read some of the stuff that's going on. And it's worse and worse. Every year it seems like it's worse. It's getting closer and closer. Spreading out into all the neighborhoods. Used to be isolated areas of horrible things going on. Like I spent 14 years up in the Chicago area, growing up up there. And it was bad. I mean, horrible, evil stuff going on up there. We had um, the, uh, what do they call them? The Black Panthers. The ones of the forefathers of the Black Lives Matter group was the Black Panthers. And they were a, a black racist group, basically black terrorists. And they were uh, very early up there in Chicago when I was up there. And uh, let's see, it was about, it was in the 60s. I can't remember exactly the, the year. And my brother and I were walking home from school. And there was this big railroad that went over top of the road out. And nearby, up on the railroad, there was a place where the, the Black Panthers, um, the gangs. Anyhow, they were up there and they shot at us. Fortunately, they hit a sign that was next to us and not us. And we screwed on home. But there were... There was a lot of rioting. We had this uh, construction out front of the house, and there was a tunnel underneath the road. It was big enough to walk through. And uh, I don't know where this emotion is coming from. That was a long time ago. In that tunnel, there was a an opening where you could walk all the way through. And the gangs would get on one side of the gang on one end of it and the other gang on the other side of it and then meet in the middle and just try to kill each other. This was right outside our house. One of our buddies was killed for not joining the gang. Thankfully, my brother and I were too young. They weren't interested in us. But as I say, that was in the 60s in Chicago. Now, that kind of stuff is being spread all over the whole planet on the increase, the evil that's on the increase. And the closer we get to the last days, the more and more we're going to see this evil on the increase. But we as Christians have a responsibility and an opportunity. Just as it says in Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, if my people, now my people are the Christians, the godly people, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Notice he's talking to his people and telling them to turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. He will heal their land. That shows that the Christians have a responsibility 
to support and help the country that they are in by becoming as godly as they possibly can. Because we appreciate what the Lord has done for us. He gave us the ultimate gift of salvation. We should be eager to share that with others, to shine that light into this dark world. In Romans chapter 5, verse 8, God commendeth His love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He died for us. We weren't worthy of salvation. It isn't that we were so wonderful people and righteous that then He gave us salvation. No, He come down and paid the ultimate price. He paid the price for all sin of all mankind, past, present, and future. Took on all the sins of all that. That gives Him the authority, the, the ability and the authorization to be able to judge. It gives him that right. He paid the price. He bought all of us back. Therefore, he can determine whether he's going to bless someone or allow them to go ahead and go into hell. He don't cast anyone in hell. They cast themselves in hell because of their belief and their non-belief and their actions and behaviors. They choose to believe in their selves or in the universe or in a false god. But we, as Christians, because things are so evil... And because of what Jesus Christ did for us, He gives us an opportunity to be a part of the work of the Holy Ghost. Note, the work of the Holy Ghost. When we are given the opportunity to go out and spread the gospel and we help somebody come to know the Lord, we don't take credit for it or should not take credit for it because we are just part of the work. He don't need us to do it. He's going to see to it to where it gets done, whether we participate in it or not. But He allows us to participate in that work. The Great Commission is what it's called. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you all the way, even unto the end of the world. Amen. So Jesus Christ is with us and allowing us to be a part of the work of the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost is the one who calls people in. He will reach out to everyone. Everyone who's ever been in existence at some time or another have been given a blessed opportunity to trust Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior before they leave this world. There won't be an opportunity for somebody to stand up there at Judgment Day and say, I should be given an exemption because nobody preached the gospel to me. Don't work that way. I didn't get a Bible track, so I should get a free pass. Nope. I was in a foreign nation and they didn't believe in you, so I should get a free pass. Nope. Don't work that way because the Holy Ghost is reaching out to everyone. He calls them first, allows us to be a part of that work, but doesn't need us. We've got to always remember that. Sometimes the preachers, the pastors, the missionaries get all puffed up in arrogance and pride. Look how many people i got sitting around here listening to me. Or look how many people got saved under my ministry. And then brag about it. Look what I have achieved. I, I, I. They just blew it. They're burning up their rewards. It's all the work of the Holy Ghost. He just allows people to have a part of that when they want to step up and take that opportunity. So we should always be eager to do that. The Great Commission. It's like Mark talks about it in Mark chapter 
16, verse 15, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Everyone. Everyone. Not just to those that we want to and those that we don't want to. I don't want to go in that neighborhood. That's a bad neighborhood. Well, how can you reach that neighborhood if you personally aren't going to go into that neighborhood? Well, these days there's so many ways to spread the gospel with the technology of today. I mean, with you got all this stuff on the computer, and we still have radio. Granted, it isn't used as much. We have television, but that isn't quite like it used to be either. But there are technologies where you can be a spreader of the Word of God right from your own home. So there's ways of doing it. So we should all seek to do that very thing. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 14, do all things without murmurings and disputings. Part of the problem of the Christendom, you might say, the body of Christ, the body of believers, the so-called Christians, part of the problem is it's fractured. It's divided up. So many different denominations. They get hung up on some little belief of this or that, and then they split the church. One personality don't like another personality, split the church. And they start their own denomination. Oh, I believe it this way, and you believe it that way, so therefore we can't get along, so then they split the church. It's like a handful of gravel, like I've described so many times. It should not be a handful of gravel. It all come together as a chunk of concrete, solid, bound together by the common belief in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, bound together by the Holy Ghost. It's the way it should be. You need to come together. Get over all these little squabbles. Focus on what's most important, trusting Jesus Christ. Do all things without murmurings and disputings that ye may be blameless. Notice, you stir up trouble. You cause these confusions. You cause a, a doubt in someone else's belief or behavior. You're going to be held accountable. That ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, it means there's nothing that can be brought up against you because you're not doing anything wrong. In the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, because see, that's where we're at. We're in a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Crooked and perverse nation. Some of the issues I mentioned earlier are being promoted by the current government in this country. And it's on the increase. They actually helped fund the Palestinians that attacked Israel. The Biden administration had given the Palestinians over a billion dollars. They had given Iran over eight billion dollars. And Iran is funding the Palestinians to go up against Israel. Therefore, this country... Some of the administration of this country is tied directly in to the attacks on Israel. Without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. We as Christians, in a crooked and perverse nation, need to shine. 
Shine the light of Jesus Christ. Share the love. We have a responsibility to step up, have our voice heard, even in the elections of the governments within our country. Christians need to get up and do something about it. Get some good God-fearing people in these offices so our nation isn't a crooked and perverse nation, promoting, excuse me, promoting the crooked and perverse things that are going on in this country. Welcoming them in. I mean, look at the current administration. Some of the officials that they've got up there, the transgenders that they got up there, they're in very high positions. The Muslims that they got up there that are very high positions in our military and in our government. That is not a godly nation. But that's where we're currently at. Christians need to step up. In 1 Peter chapter 3, We'll turn over there because here we see what we are supposed to do as Christians. In 1 Peter chapter 3, picking it up in verse 8. Finally, be ye all of one mind. There again, the Christians would just come together. Come together. Be of one mind. Like we just read over there. In Second Chronicles, if my people which are called by my name, my people, come together. Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another, love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous. And that's talking about the Christians getting along with other Christians. If we come together, we'd be powerful. Be pitiful, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrariwise, blessing, knowing that ye are thereunto called that ye should inherit a blessing. When we bless others, we get blessed. For he that will love life and see good days, let him reframe his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good. That eschew means to flee it, to get away from it. Let him seek peace and ensue it. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Clear and simple. And who is he that will harm you if ye be followers of that which is good? They might be able to mess with the body, but they cannot mess with the soul. But, and if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. But sanctify the Lord in your hearts. That means put a special place in your heart for the Lord. And be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Are you ready to respond to someone when they say, why are you at peace? Why are you still happy? I know your situation. You got this disease or that disease or this hardship or that hardship or you just went through this problem or concern and yet you're still smiling. Is it yes, I know where I'm going for eternity. This is temporary here. This ain't nothing. This is a flash in the pan. This is just a vapor in the wind. Let them know. Be ready. And notice as it says, meekness and fear. That meekness is power under control. The power that you can have to influence someone else's walk is what he's speaking of here. 
and fear. Fear of accountability that you're going to be answered for. You're going to be answering for what you did and, not, and what you did not do. Having a good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you as of evildoers, they may be ashamed and falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. They're trying to say that uh, Christians are the, common, are the most common terrorists in the world. Well, no, ain't it. They're saying that if a, a family chooses not to let their adolescent child transgender into an, a counterfeit, then they are abusing their children. No, that's just Satan and his workers. But that's what we're dealing with. But if you keep it right, and you teach your children right, you follow God, you follow the right ways, then we can take confidence in what the Lord has for us for eternity. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 14, Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly. So we have an opportunity to warn the unruly. Comfort the feeble-minded. Support the weak. Be patient toward all men. See, a lot of people have been bombarded with so much brainwashing that they become these feeble-minded and unruly and weak. We need to help them. See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Notice, to all men, not just to the brethren here, but we need to be concerned for all these evil people that are out there. And once again, Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. This land we're in and others around the world truly need the healing today, so let's do what he tells us there. Shine the light and share the love of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we truly thank you so much for the opportunities you give us each and every day. Help all of us have the boldness to step on up and proclaim you as our Lord and Savior every opportunity that does come that way. And help all of us know that you're right there with us through that. Help all of us keep the relationship that you want us to have, to know your perfect will in our lives so that we know what to do each and every day, every moment of our existence. Let us always bring honor and glory to you as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen.